Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster patrons who you empower to put people to sleep. Thanks so much for that support. Uh, and uh, yeah, here's the show that you help. Thanks so much. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, uh, whether it's uh, thoughts, feelings, so phys- physical feelings, or f- sensations, emotions, uh, travel schedule changes, anticipate, mis- people that mispronounce stuff, uh, or anticipation of somebody mispronouncing it, uh, Whatever is keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off that. What I'm going to do is uh, get this safe place to set aside here. With a, you know, you know what I just when I said safe place set aside, it made me think of a seesaw, which I don't know if a seesaw has ever come up, and that's actually something that might be a dated reference for some of you. So maybe I'll talk about this because uh, you know things they talk about at the intro they got to sound good. The seesaw sounds pretty good. And maybe have me be able to talk, make a metaphor for about what the podcast is. But what I'm really going to do is I have a nice, safe place here. That's what I was saying before my brain seesawed away. And uh, now it's trying to get away. I said, well, let's just focus on the new listeners here, brain. So I have a nice, safe place here. Plenty of room. You could check it out from the outside and decide if you want to come in. If you want to stay out there, I got, you know, I got awnings. I got, uh, I got, you know, we could, we could pull, pull some chairs out here or lounge. And then what I'm going to do once you get settled or as you get settled is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Oh, so creaky. Because you might say, well, Scoots, what about what, what about Marmite, man? Uh, that's what the cu- current word is. Uh, I know that's a concern some places in the world today when I'm recording this, not when you're hearing it. And I'd say, don't worry. I'm going to, you know, I'm here to keep you, keep you, tuck you in tight or right uh, if you're concerned about your stock of Marmite. Uh, don't worry, the brand will be fine. It, it might just transfer ownership. That's a big, not a big deal. It's important. It's not to say it's not important to you. Or to, you might say, well, what's Marmite? I'd say, well, we'll have to, we've talked about it in other episodes. It's a spread. It's a delicious, uh, uh, it's savory. Anyway, this because I would say, well, I don't know if that's a good metaphor for this podcast. It might be. I guess it is because it's a bit gooey. It's, uh, you see, it's an acquired taste. Uh, so, yeah. Where was I? Oh, so I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. Lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. And here's the thing, if you're new, I'm really here to keep you company as you fall asleep, to take your mind off of stuff as you drift off. Uh, so if you're new, a couple other things to know. One, this podcast is pretty nonsensical, a little bit goofy. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So kind of consume it with, an, and it's hard when you say, what is this Marmite stuff you want to give me? Well, I just want you to try it. It's uh, something we love or it's a big part of our, and we just want you to try Okay, well, I'll try it with an open mind. Not like if you get to somebody's house and they say, well, we only eat Marmite in this home. You say, what do you like for breakfast as our guest? Well, you know, what do you, we have, and I have, I happen to like this. Uh, oh, no, we only eat Marmite here. That, you would have a different, uh, probably, outlook. Uh, you'd still try to be a good guest and consume it. Uh, but that might ha- create some internal feelings about the Marmite instead of being like, hey, why don't you sit down and try some of this? Uh, plenty of other options, though. So see how it goes. And you could even say, well, let me know what uh, flavor notes you taste or what is the smell, what is the mouthfeel. 
How is it on the toast? Uh, how do you like your toast? Is it totally, you know, that's only partially. How do you want me to do, uh, do you want a thin spread, uh, you know, a thick spread? So kind of consume it like that, like you're eating something that you're open to on toast. And you say, hmm, what is this here? Is this a creaky dulcet? And I'd say, oh, yeah, that is. Uh, it's a creaky dulcet steeped in pointless meanders. Oh, is it with a little current, a little black current in there, too? Oh, boy, is that, that is. It's like a, it, yeah, it has a little bit of umami. And first, well, that's the Marmite, actually, that does that. Not the, not the pointless meanders. That's a, dust, I dusted it with pointless meanders. So kind of consume it with a, like a loose open mind. You don't, like not an open mind, like, well, let me see if I like this. You say, well, what is this? I don't even like, uh, and then you could say, well, what if we had a Vegemite Marmite tasting? And you'd say, Scooch, you like saying those words, huh? Almost as much as Seesaw. If I could find a way, you say, oh, yeah, well, we're going to do it on the we're Now we're not going to taste anything on the Seesaw or spread anything on the Seesaw. Oh, no. What we're going to do is we're going to have a secret tasting where you can't see the results. So everyone is going to taste, uh, everyone's going to get two secret jars, and they'll be marked in a way that only I will know. Or maybe not. Uh, yeah, one will have a D on the bottom, and one will have a Q on the bottom, we'll say. And you taste from each jar on your toast, and then you drop it on one side of the seesaw or the other. A seesaw was like the thing kids used to play on, which definitely someone that didn't have kids invented it. Or they said, like an aunt or an uncle who had kids over one day that weren't theirs, and they didn't really. And they the kids said, uh uh, Auntie, Unky, what are we going to do today at your house? And he said, be, be quiet. Is that an option? Oh, we want to do something fun, though. That sounds boring. Okay, well, why don't you go outside? Okay, what are we going to do out there? Do you have anything to do? It's outside. It's uh, like it's great out there. Okay, and then they come back. Well, we're bored. What are we going to have to do out there? You say, okay, if if I close the door, will you keep coming in and ask, oh yeah, that's what we do. We're kids. We're we're uh, we're, we're you know we're 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 looking for some uh, direction or something. You know, something that adults do. Okay, I'll tell you what. I got this board out there, and I just cut some wood. So we'll balance a piece of board on the wood, and then each of you could sit on the, each side and try to balance. Uh, Oh, okay. It sounds great. Are you going to come with us? Well, yeah, I got to do the the board. You know, I got to, I mean, I think I'm going to nail the board into the, the high. Oh, wow. This is so much fun. That's how, that's like, uh, that hasn't been, a, that hasn't been factualized yet. But that's from my book, A History of Seesaws. Uh, the first, it all started with two pesky kids and, uh, you know, the, that's like Gingerbread Press or whatever my non my fiction nonfiction uh, imprint's going to be. But so we'll have that on Mar. We'll have one side you'll put the thing in in a way for the Marmite and one side for the Vegemite, and then we'll see which one comes out ahead. What was I talking about though? That this is a podcast you don't really need to listen to. If you're new, I'm glad you're still here. Sure, we lost some people there, but that's maybe you fell asleep, though. That's a good thing. So I'm here to take your mind off stuff and keep you company. Structurally, what to expect if you're new. Show starts off with business. That's a cool way we keep it free for everybody instead of behind a paywall. Or just the engaged listeners that support the show or the sponsors. Then there's the intro, which we're almost through now. So I'm explaining the structure a little bit late uh, but the intro is kind of like your wind down, if you so choose to use it. There are listeners that just skip ahead to 15 or 20 minutes and then listen. So you can figure out your preference. But it's just me uh, helping lead you into bedtime slowly instead of saying, hey, uh, you know, you should be asleep by now. No, I'm here to walk at your side as you drift off. And also to kind of over-explain the podcast and not kind of ever get to the point. Those, that's my job. 
And it's supposed to make you think, like, huh, is that really how you like? You you probably Googled it, maybe you said, no, that's not how Seesaw was invented. It was the, uh, the Saw Brothers. Uh, and you say, okay, well, that's an alternate, you know, that's some, that is, uh, it's a regional thing. Down here it was called Be Quiet Kids and Bounce on the Log thing, wood, wood thing. Uh, but it was, became known as a Seesaw. This was just a, maybe like other things that just got spontaneously invented in multiple places at the same time. Because it is just like a piece of board on something, you know, the, the, the scales had already been around for a while. I'm presuming it would be pretty interesting if it happened the other way. Like somewhere long, long ago, they invented it. The, the, uh, the aunt and uncle said, well, what are we going to do to keep these kids entertained till their parents get back and get them out of our hair? Date night. I wish they never invented that thing. But so, and then they said they made the seesaw, and then the kids were bouncing on it or whatever, having fun. Then, like, maybe they lived by a road, and some other farmer came by with a bunch of bushels or something and said, You know, I'm so tired of, uh, the, you know, these bushels never account for the density of the corn. I have the densest corn in the, uh, uh whatever, the quad state region. Uh, what are those kids doing? Oh, those are, you know, my brother's kids. Uh, uh, oh, really? Looks like they're, ha huh. Do those two weigh about the same? I don't know. Why do you ask? Well, I'm just wondering if we could get rid of this whole idea of just f selling bushels full of corn because my corn's denser, therefore it's heavier, has more mass and more flavor. I feel like I should be compensated by, by weight and not by... Uh, volume. Okay, tell me more. Well, what if we use that as a scale? This we could weigh my corn instead of just bushelling it. What with my wood player? Is that what you're calling it? Because that's the worst name I've ever. Well, the kids keep saying seesaw, seesaw in there. I think we call it a scale. Okay, great. So that was how the scale was invented. After this, not that long after the seesaw. Okay, so I tend to go off topic. That's one thing structurally. Okay, so the intro is where I go off topic as I try to explain what the podcast is. Then there's a story. Tonight it'll be a visit uh, from my good friend Ray, uh, recapping some trips we took of him like uh, a while ago. But So we'll have that. Then we'll have uh, thank yous and good nights. Uh, there's business between the intro and the story. So that's the structure show. It's a podcast you really don't need to listen to. It's more here to help you as you fall asleep and keep you company. Uh, so you don't got to pay too much attention because you say, what was Scoots talking about last night? Uh, Hee-haw? Uh, no, I think Meemaw, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he was just making a, like one of those sounds. Uh, maybe Tree-paw? Was that was that Treebeard's child, Treepaw? I think that was a book. You're right. That's what he was talking about, Treepaw. He was trying to write it as a the uh, it was a, actually the dog. It was Treebeard's dog, but it was a tree or a bush or something. Yeah, maybe. So hopefully that's your conver like conversation tomorrow. But there's also no pressure to fall asleep. I'm gonna be here for about an hour. So if you can't sleep, I'm here to the very end. And here's the thing. I make this show because I believe you deserve a good night's sleep. I want to help. I've been there in the deep, dark night. Uh, so see how it goes. Uh, most listeners say it took two or three tries before I got used to the show and realized I didn't need to listen. It didn't make a whole lot of sense, but it kind of does, but then it doesn't. And I enjoy it, but it doesn't, you know, I, I can't make any sense of it. Uh, so just like my love of Marmite and Vegemite and Seesaws. Uh, Said, you know, someone never, not yet, till tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, so I'm glad you're here. It worked very hard at Yearn and I Strive because I really want to help you fall asleep. I appreciate you coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep this show free for everybody. Thanks. All right, everybody. I'm going to, um, this is a, a series of style episode where I, you probably knew by the title of the show, where I turn the show over to my neighbor, Ray who uh, 
he's you know my neighbor, my friend, my traveling companion. Uh, I've seen him. I've seen him referred to online as an internal cheerleader. He he really is the most well-adjusted person I've ever met. Uh, I kind of wish Ray was a voice in my head twenty-four-seven, or I just lived in Ray's head because he's just a really great guy. You know, he's got that belief in abundance and gratitude, empathy, compassion. He's got all those things. Self-care. He, he cares about, he has so much self-care, he he, he cares for other people. I don't, I mean, it's like one of those great paradoxes. Uh, but he, Ray and I, we like to go to theme parks together. And uh, Ray likes to do these theme park recap episodes. And this is a collection. This will be a series of three episodes. This is the second episode. Yeah, but our first part of the trip where I was working and uh, Ray was going uh, to theme parks and I was kind of work going to theme parks part time. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess without further ado, I'm going to just turn the show over to my neighbor, Ray Perkins, the most, maybe the well, most, one of the more well adjusted people in the world, but it was definitely the most well adjusted person I know. A lover of theme parks, a lover of life uh, and kindness, Ray Perkins. Uh, hello, 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 everybody. So good to be back in your ears here. Scooter, thanks. Pod boy, thank you for having me on. And yes, we're here. I'm here talking. Now, for you, it's been a little while. For me, this is one of the few times I'm like back in the studio right away. I mean, within a week period. I think the last time I was here in the studio was, uh, what, I don't know, a few days, like about five days ago, I guess your friend Ray was in here. And I recorded a show, and uh, so that was our third day, our third theme park of the trip. Now, this is going to be our first evening and day, and we're doing them out of order just because that's the way, way to, at first uh, we thought, oh, well, uh, I do the one that was the freshest uh, right after we got back from the trip. And then it's been a few days, you know, Scooter has to record other shows. Uh, believe it or not, the world does not revolve around Ray, uh, but I already knew that. But, you know, sometimes it does feel like I wish it did. Uh, but then I'd say, well, that'd be pretty exhausting. Atlas looks very tired when I see Atlas. And this one will be a treat. There's even a treat in the name of the title of the park. And if you don't live in California, you may have never heard of this place. If you do, you probably have. Or if you're a big theme park fan, you probably have. Or if you like Scooter, the the theme park was a secondary thing for him. And there was a much more important part of his journey because he's a big fan of one thing. Well, two things, actually. Uh, but so if you're not from California, you, you let me know if you heard of this place. You don't have to. There's nothing wrong with it. But we went to Knott's Berry Farm, which you say, oh, is that a farm? Well, no, it's a, it's a theme park. Uh, but what I thought I'd do is uh, read the, some things from Wikipedia because I don't really know the history, even your friend Ray. Uh, so let's look here at, uh, so Knott's Berry Farm is 57 acres uh, in Buena Park, California, currently owned by Cedar Fair, which owns uh, the Cedar Park in Ohio. Oh, wow. In 2017, it was the 10th most visited theme park in North America. And it's the most visited theme park in the Cedar Fair chain. Ray would not have believed that, but it has. It has uh, 6 million people a year. Wow. Uh, that is quite busy. I mean, it was busy when we were there, but not overly busy. Uh, 40 rides uh, employs 10,000 people, according to Wikipedia. And uh, let's see. Oh, this is a theme park where most parks are amusement parks. Ray has never thought about things in those terms. Uh, the origins of theme parks go back to the 1920s. Oh, this one, of this theme park. Walter Knott and his family were selling berry products at Route 39 in California. Uh, by 1940, they several shops and other attractions they had built on the property because they had visitors, including a replica Casper town, a town where people formerly lived in, which goes by other names. Uh, but Scooter's taught me, a oh, big farm in the Skytown. 
but not like the one Scooter did. Uh, the site continued its transformation to a modern amusement park over the next two decades, and an amuse- amuse- admission charge was added in 1968. Uh, the theme park was sold to Cedar Fair in 1990s, and the food business was sold to the Smucker Company. Okay, so it sits on where the thing was, and now here's the big one, which we'll talk about briefly. In 1934, the Knots began selling fried chicken dinners in a tea room on the property, later called Miss, Mrs. Knott's uh, Chicken Dinner Restaurant. And the dinners soon became a major draw, so they built other shops and attractions to entertain visitors while waiting for a seat. Then they did the big farm in the town. And that became the beginnings of a present-day theme park. And in the 1950s, Walter Knight became an amusement park, a summer-long county fair. Originally, it was 25 cents to get into the park. Some of the rides from the 60s are still there. And uh, let's see, what other things here? There, uh, it hasn't always had a, um, a great history, this park. Uh, let's see, Sky Tower. Well, so we'll talk about the rides here. Uh, let's see, when uh, in the 90s, uh, they had, uh, oh, in the 1980s, they had uh, met a competition in Southern California parks by having a new land. Oh, they had a dino- oh, two large attractions. I don't know if these are here. Uh, uh, Kingdom of the Dinosaurs and then a Rapids ride, which is still there. We did not go on the ride, I'll tell you. Uh, and then, oh, yes, this is disappointing. There's one that I wanted to go on uh, that was not open. That was from World's Fair. Yeah, I'll tell you about it here because I don't know if I'll be able to read about it. Mystery Lodge was opened in 1994. It was uh, had a, a special effects. It was rumored to be was supposed to be with Disney in Disney World's California, Disney's Canada Pavilion in Epcot. Uh, it recreates a quiet summer night in Alert Bay, and then guests move in and. Uh, I don't know. I didn't get to go on it. It just sounds mysterious. The Mystery Lodge will always be a mystery to me. In the 1990s, they acquired... Uh, oh, they also have a Buena Park Hotel, which now is the Knott's Berry Farm Hotel. Oh, no. This one was brought up to Radisson standards and then became... Oh, no. Radisson Resort Hotel was renamed the Knott's Berry Farm Resort Hotel. And that's where we we did uh, sleep. But uh, let's see what else we have. Uh, uh, they've uh, the addition of, uh, oh, this ride. I didn't see this ride here. Oh, it's closed. That's why. It was a water ride. And then the log ride, that was another ride we did not. So Ray will be going back to Knott's Berry Farm. I'll tell you that much. To go in the Mystery Log Lodge in the Timber Mountain Log Ride. That had a very long line. Uh, let's see. So, timeline. I think that was the main thing, so I just wanted to look up the history, you know. Uh, they have annual events. They have one that's very famous, uh, that you know, for, for the um, trick-or-treating season. And, yeah, there's a lot here in Wikipedia, so I'm sure Scooter will, will link to this article. Uh, but let me tell you a little bit about uh, well, how or why. If this is the first episode you're listening to, even though this, this is a series, it's not a big deal. You could listen to just this one. It's fine. You know, Ray's just glad to be here in your ears, as I always say. But so so Scooter uh, had to go down to Los Angeles area to work, Uh and his daughter was on summer break, so he said, oh, well, what, and then uh, the plan, you know, Scooter said, well, looks like we'll drive. Ray, what do you think of going along? And I look, he said, I saw on Costco that uh, they had this pass only at Costco, believe it or not. Uh, maybe it was a five, Scooter, no, it was a four-day pass. Uh, 
and you could use the pass for most Los Angeles area attractions, not all, in a kind of unlimited way. Also, you could go to some theme parks for a day or amusement parks, I guess. And again, I think this was $225 with tax. So quite when you look at uh, how we use it, we it was very, uh, uh, what is it called, cost-effective. Also, it took it made it an adventure because we said, okay, well, now we have the passes. We might as well just go instead of saying, well, how much does it cost to go to that park? Well, is it, well, you know, I don't know, made it more fun. And so I don't know how many of you, uh, how many of you are familiar with California. So I'll just give you a little brief thing. So we live in the Bay Area, which is uh, uh, in what they call Northern California. Essentially, it's kind of in Central Coastal California, but they call it Northern California. And Los Angeles would be considered Southern California, though you have San Diego south of Los Angeles. And Knott's Berry Farm is in a place called Orange County, which is like about, a, and that's where Disneyland also is. We did not go anywhere near Disneyland, which was a little tough on Ray, but I said I'll remain distracted by this Knott's Berry Farm. And so we, uh, so you drive, if you drive there, I, I believe all told it's about 360 miles of driving. So pretty long drive, and then you do have traffic, and you do have to stop. So we left at 8 in the morning, and I believe we took one or two breaks, nothing too long. Maybe we only took one break now that I'm thinking about it, but maybe two, and then, you know, a little five-minute break uh, for, you know, uh, a restroom break, a lunch break and a restroom break. Uh, but we usually plan on, if you're going to Los Angeles, it takes six six hours, maybe seven hours. And if you're going to Orange County, it takes seven or eight hours. And that, so, so plan on the whole day. And let's see. So we left at 8 30, 9 30, 10 30, 11 30, 12 30, 1 30, 2 30, 3 30, 4 30. We'll say eight hours about uh, with stops and traffic. Uh, so, we, so we got down there. And Scooter had made the arrangements. Now, Scooter had arranged the whole trip because he was working. And so he kind of had that. It was his primary mission for the trip. And actually, Scooter's become very adaptable even with the planning because he said originally he planned a little bargain spot that was in that area near Knott's Berry Farm uh, because he said he ran the numbers and... Uh, with parking and all those things, it was a, it was a good deal. Even though Knott's Berry Farm has their own hotel, which we'll get to. And it was a chain with a name, you know, brand name chain, not a high end, you know, nothing fancy. And then Scooter said, well, he said, let me just check the ratings. I don't know what he said. I don't know what possessed me to do that. I thought we were all set. And he looked on the ratings for where we were supposed to stay. And usually Scooter won't take those too seriously because he gets his own ratings every day on a daily basis from people who hear the podcast. Uh, so he kind of has his own filter, but he said, Ray, these ratings are not good. Like usually you'll have one or two, but he goes, there's consistent issues at this hotel, uh, a motel. Uh, so we're going to have to change it up. And he said, well, he checked the prices again. And with parking, we stayed at the Knott's Berry Farm Hotel. Uh, now, a couple of things you need to know. One, it's not a themed hotel, uh, so uh, don't go there expecting uh, like a Disney-type theming thing, but it's very conveniently located. Two, make sure when you're making a reservation, Scooter told me this, uh, Get to, uh, find out if you're paying for parking or not. Uh, because if you you, you want to make sure you understand that and it's in the contract or not, because... Uh, Scooter said it was a little bit of futzy, but he knew what he was doing. Because when you park at the hotel, you could walk to the park, the theme park. Uh, so we got in there a little bit around dinner time. And we had made a reservation to eat at Mrs. Nat's Chicken Dinner Restaurant. Uh, 
And eventually we went over there, and it's a very busy place. I think if you didn't have a reservation, it was like an hour to an hour and a half waiting. Now, inside the restaurant, uh, I think they probably were balancing out the staffing they had because the restaurant was not packed, but the waiting for it was. And this is something, you know, Scooter is a big fried chicken fan. It may be his favorite food, you know, pizza being up there. So he, this is something he's wanted to do for a very long time. And so he was very excited. Now, there is a pro tip that we'll tell you later. If you can't eat at the restaurant, don't worry. But it's probably worth it for the experience. And it's kind of like a prefix menu a little bit. So you, there are other things other than fried chicken that you can't eat there. But the primary thing is the fried chicken dinner, which was why we were going there. And uh, to be honest, you know, Scooter was paying, so I don't even know the pricing, but I think it was like a, a, a reasonably priced, uh, you know, not super cheap and not unreasonably priced. And what you get is, uh, so let's just say you get the, the chicken dinner, which I think comes with like four pieces of chicken, I believe, or three. Uh, but before you get to that, you know, you sit down, you order your drink. Uh, I don't know if the drink comes with the dinner or not, uh, but, you know, most of us were drinking uh, soda. Uh, and then, oh, they do have a boysenberry punch uh, for the kids uh, because Knott's Berry Farm's famous for its boysenberries. Uh, but so then you order, so then you get uh, you get these biscuits, which are delicious. Then you get a chicken soup, which makes sense because they serve so much chicken, you know, makes them maximize uh, the chicken. Uh, but it was a creamy kind of chicken soup. Very good. But again, you see, well, then you get a salad, too. So, like, maybe, you know, in I mean, I guess they're going full bore, but I'd say I don't know if the soup's a necessity. You know, maybe make it a soup or a salad. You know, you know, raise all for maximizing, you know, the guest experience. But it was said it was a little bit much. It left some pressure on us. Uh, then you also get another side, I think. Other than, oh yeah, you get a vegetable. So, but like corn, or I don't know what the other vegetable was. Maybe like a cabbage uh, type of slaw. Then you get your chicken. I also think you get mashed potatoes and gravy, even if you with your food. You do, Scooter says. And Scooter said the, the fried chicken was like uh, excellent, like a nine out of ten, ten out, you know, ten out of ten being unachievable almost. You know, his only issue was because it was a traditional restaurant; they didn't have any like a Louisiana style hot sauce. And that's how Scooter likes to kind of flavor his fried chicken. But, uh, you know, he, he was fine to have a purified experience. Uh, and then you get your dessert, uh, which is the famous, you can have apple pie, boysenberry pie, boysenberry sherbet, or a uh, a vanilla ice cream. Maybe one other option that Ray's not thinking of. Uh, Scooter had boysenberry pie a la mode, which was uh, very good. Uh, he said the pie wasn't warm enough for the a la mode experience, but he's not. that was his first boysenberry pie. And on the pie, well, I guess we'll return to the pie. It wasn't, the chicken, Scooter said, was nearly transcendent. And the pie, he said, was good. But, uh, you know, you're in an area where there's tough pie competition with, like, Marie Calendars and things like that. Uh, but so we had dinner. It was good. It was very good. There was leftovers, uh, you know, because not everybody was able to eat all the chicken. Again, Ray does not remember. You could have, you know, you have some selection. And you, you say, well, I like a drumstick and a thing. You, I think they have a couple options. You know, but Scooter, he's in the practice of he wants like a half chicken because he likes to have uh, the thigh, the breast, uh, the wing, and the drumstick for a full fried chicken experience. And I believe that's what he got. Scooter also had experienced his first Nashville fried chicken. Uh, we had Pot X, and he said that was a wonderful experience, and he got to have it with some lovely, lovely people. But so, okay, so that's, uh, so that was dinner. Now, here's where, 
Well, a couple more things. The nice thing about old school converted hotels, which was what this uh, Knott's Berry Farm was, is that they still have a sauna and a steam room. Uh, so we actually, the sauna was not heated up, but the steam room was phenomenal. Holy cow, your friend Ray, Scooter, his daughter, we had a, a steam you wouldn't believe. You know, a bathing suit. We were bathing suit wearing uh, because it's a, 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 what do you call that, a by, like everybody's welcome thing. So, uh, but it was such a, oh boy, what a steam. So that was nice, you know, after we had eaten a feast and took a walk. And we only had a one-day pass, so it was a little bit distracting, you know, hearing the park noises and stuff, uh, uh, and then, you know, not being able to go to the park. But then, we you know, we called it an evening and relaxed and read our books and, and those such things. And then Scooter, you know, he has dyslexia, so sometimes that can cause issues. Plus, he had a lot of work to do, so he was also distracted with that. So in the morning, our planning was a little bit off because uh, Scooter had pie, boysenberry pie for breakfast uh, and his coffee. And he was working. He had got up and started working. and But he was under the impression the park opened at 1030. That was Six Flags. Uh, Scooter had transposed to those times. So we were a little late getting off to the park, but it really didn't make it that much of a difference. Now, your friend Ray says, always be at the park when it opens, right? Yeah, be there half hour before it opens, you know, but these ones, uh, you know, it was more of an, a new experience, uh, and I didn't want to take over. Also, the park opens to pass holders early. I don't know how that works. So now thinking about it, it probably would have been better to get there around 930 to the gates of the park. Uh, but we did not get there till a little bit after 10, and then we had a little bit of issue figuring out our tickets. Then we got into the park. And, you know, the, the park is a, it's a theme park. It's a, it's highly themed in some places and not uh, themed in others, I guess I would say, or not as uh, quality themed. And uh, let's see. So Ray's looking up, uh, I'm just looking up a map and things on the internet here. Okay. Your friend Ray, he wanted to get the highest quality image he could, which I did find one. Holy moly. You know, I did not have a map like this. But so we walked over the park. We got in there. And uh, we went to the left. Now, to the left is like the most highly themed area of the park, uh, which is called uh, Casper. It's called the Big Farm. Uh, the Big Farm Town, Casperville. And it is very uh, greatly themed. And they do have, like, walk around, at least in the summertime. This time they have interactive characters, like, so people working. Uh, but this is, like, uh, the, the big farm Old West, uh, Old West Town, we'll call it. And so highly themed and highly immersive. But we were kind of uh, trying to do all the highlights of the park, so we didn't really get to spend a lot of time there other than walking through it. Also, Scooter had like a hard time. He said, I mean, like a hard out. He said, okay, I got to leave it exactly this time because uh, I have calls for work and things. And it was a it was a June gloom down here. So that was nice because it wasn't super sunny. So when you're in the Old West Town, now the first ride, that in the, even the internet said, this one has the most lines, so go on it first. Yeah, but we were set. This was a bit of a setback. Also, again, Ray, just like in the other episode, I was operating from a wrong place. So, you know, I needed a call from Carol Dweck to set me correct. I was operating in a Disney mode of like, get to the park early, go on as many rides as you can, and then relax the rest of the day. You know, that might work at some Disney parks and some Universal parks. These parks are different, so you have to have a different plan. I guess the plan would still be get there early, uh, but don't get there early with the expectation you're going to go on a lot of rides in a row when it first opens. Uh, but Ray needed to be humbled. So we, and again, Scooter caught a little bit of flack for this because we didn't get in at 10. So we went to the first ride, which was kind of the most famous ride. And it's called uh, Big Farm Rider. 
Big Farm Rider is called, and uh, a Big Farmer Rider. It's uh, like Casper, like it also could be called Casper Rider. And it's a wooden roller coaster. And so we got there, and the line was long. And so we were we were in line for about an hour, I would say. And again, there wasn't really a line posted. Uh, but this was so. This one was like, oh boy, we're losing time here waiting in line. Uh, but was this worth the wait? Holy cow! Was this one of the? This was the second most fun ride we we went on this whole trip. Uh, and it was just wee wee fun. Like we were laughing, squealing. I would have loved to go on this ride a few more times, but it did have a long line. But holy cow, was it a good ride? It was just so much fun. And it doesn't, you know, it's not too extreme, uh, but it, it, oh, it was just really fun uh, and exciting. And thr- like it gave you the stomach thing and the thing, other, other parts of your body feel like it was just, it was a good ride. And then we got off of that and we walked, we did walk through this Casper town. And then we went, uh, we passed the Mystery Lodge, which again was closed during our trip. We saw Bigfoot Rapids. And that one was, uh, we said, well, we don't want to get wet maybe later. Then we went on a ride called Pony Express. And this is a roller coaster where you sit on, it's like a combination of a roller coaster and a carousel. You sit on a pony, like literally, like you might be laughing, but I'm not kidding. You sit on a pony. It's a, you know, a plastic pony, a wooden pony. And it it just goes around and it's like a, it's a fun ride. I wouldn't say it's an extreme ride, but it's, you know, I've never gone on a roller coaster where I'm sitting on a pony before. And it also gives you an, a unique view. And it went off. So so it was, it was fun, especially the start of it, because you said, uh, I'm riding a pony. Oh, boy. Also, you know, you, we were pretending we were delivering the mail at a very high rate of speed. So that was fun. And we went on that. And that one, the line was not long at all. And now, your friend Ray, I may have to, I'm going to have to look at my notes here. My, oh, okay. My, okay. So the next ride was one of the clients. Oh, boy. I wish I had brought a notebook for this ride. Uh, so Scooter was very much looking forward to this ride, and so was I. And we also had uh, some mistaken impressions of it. But this was, ride was called the Calico Mine Ride. And, you know, first I think we took a break because even though we didn't do any very much, uh, we still needed a break after that. Yeah, but so the next thing we did was we went, uh, oh, look, I, I think the map I'm looking at is out of date, which is interesting. So I'll have to look up a new map here. But the next thing we went to was the Calico Mine Ride. And this one is top notch. The theming of the outside of the ride, it looks like it's a mountain. Uh, later at night, it gets lit up in a way that's very exciting. And it's a family-friendly ride. You all get in a little train. There's nothing, uh, I mean, it it is not 100% family-friendly because it's very much like Pirates of the Caribbean, but you're in a train. And it seems it's themed around mining. I would say it's almost like a copy, but it's a little bit different and stranger, which is nice. And I don't think this is actual, like, uh, you know, one-to-one what it's really like being around miners. But holy, these miners are interestingly, uh, you go on the Calico mine ride, you say, well, maybe you shouldn't go into mining because uh, it's it. But so you get in a little choo-choo train and you're all sitting on like a bench. And uh, so no, uh, it's not like a coast at all. Also, there's a lot of manufactured waterfalls and rivers while you're waiting in line, which Scooter loved. Scooter loves manufactured rock work. Uh, also, yeah, like I said, the way they light it up at night in different colors is interesting. And then you go through the inside of the ride. It's slow. It has like one or two parts where you're picking up speed. And it's a lot of audio animatronic miners. But there's like this great room that you go through. I don't know what they call it. They might call it the Great Room. 
And they kind of do a reveal. Like one time you get a glance of it. It's this giant room, like probably 20, 10, 20 stories high. Like the inside of the mine and everybody's working in there. So you get a glance one time. You say, well, is that all for that huge room? Was that even real? And then you kind of go through, you see Minus saying this and this, a little bit like pirates where they're goofing around. Uh, but then you realize the ride's a little bit longer. So then you go and you see the great room a few more times. Then there's a little bit of a story arc. Uh, and then you get to the end, you get out of the mine. But really, top quality ride. Uh, when we got off of that, we looked at going on the mi- a log ride. But holy moly, was that a long line. I mean, the, the log ride ride line was just an hour. And so I guess if we were doing it again, we would do something different. Uh, so then we went on, uh, what's it called, the Sky Cabin, which is a very old ride, I think, from the 70s. And you just get in a like a round thing and you go up and you have a great view. No, no thrills except uh, going up. And the person said that it has a wonderful view of the... Uh, you know, Disney fireworks, if you go on it at night, uh, at the right time. And that was very, very relaxing. I mean, holy moly, Ray liked that because we just kind of chilled out. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so we liked that ride. You got a good view. It was it felt old school. Oh, also, Scooter says it reminds him of uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon because you, you get to build that ride a lot in Roller Coaster Tycoon. Okay, so I'm just looking at a more mod. I'm trying to find a more modern version of the map here. Okay, it's your friend Ray here. I, I had to f- switch over to the Knots map because I was. Uh, every other map I found, it just didn't, uh, it didn't work for me. Okay, so we went on the sky ride. Now, Scooter's little one was ready to test out some thrills. Uh, and this part of the park, oh, they call this part of the park the boardwalk. Uh, and, you know, Ray's not here to, like, uh, criticize everything. But I would say, again, I said this in the other thing. If you're going to uh, save money on theming, don't bother theming something. Uh, so when you're going to do a boardwalk theme, don't do a oh, boardwalk made of plastic uh, with your signs that say boardwalk, you know, BBQ or whatever. And, oh, we have some surfboards here and the things. Uh, you know, either make the whole park like the Casper Town or do a little bit, spend a little bit more money on your theming. I, I'm sorry. Uh, but Ray just found it. Uh, he just wasn't happy with the theming. Uh, just have it be an th- amusement park then and not a theme park. I don't know. Uh, but so we went on that ride, and the younger one, Scooter's, Scooter's daughter, she was ready to try out some thrills. So we looked at going on one of the very thrilling ones, uh, Accelerator. Uh, but it only had one car, I think, running because of the way it works. And it, we, we were like, well, I guess we weren't in this mode of like, well, let's just give it an hour. Like, we still thought we'd be going on a lot of rides or something. And so we said, maybe later. Then we went on, like, a mouse, like a, what do you call those? Uh, Yeah, like the old school coaster, 28, what's it called? Uh, Coast Rider. And this must be a ride they moved there, something, because other maps, it has a different ride. Uh, But just, uh, that was an old school Whatever they called it, little my, my little uh, friendy poo coaster, a little a little bit fun, uh, nothing too extreme, and not that bad of a wait. And now right across from there was another coaster that looked like a doozy, wipeout. It was called surfing themed, and we said we said, uh, do you really want to go on this one? This looks like it's got uh, loop to loops and things. And she said, oh, boy, I'm ready. I'm ready to get, you know, to go on one of these big co- big kid coasters. Uh, she's not a kid anymore, so she said she didn't say that. Uh, Ray's putting words in her mouth. But so we went on that one, Wipeout. Now, the line was uh, really well run. The workers there were very friendly. I mean, we probably waited about 40 minutes or so. 
And that was a very fun ride. Uh, very, very fun. Uh, and so we went on that one with like, uh, let me see my notes here. Hang time. Oh, that's later, I think. Calibrator. So we went on the sky co Oh, that's Coast Rider. Hang time. Is that what what I just said? 27? Oh, yeah. So we went on hang time. Uh, then we got off a of hang time. It was very teal and turquoise, my notes say. And so that was a good ride. We had fun. And then we went out. We got off of there. And we walked by some things. And then we went on... Uh, uh, indoor ride, which again was like one of these 3D rides. It was called Voyage to the Iron Reef. And very much like the superhero ride or like Buzz Lightyear Toy Story. You go on, you get a little uh, squirt gun, and you put on your 3D glasses. This one was under the sea. It was pretty fun. It had some actual uh, effects, but most of it was screen effects. But uh, it was done in a unique way. And it was pretty cool. It had, a, like, a steampunk theme, which I guess you can see it goes across these theme parks a little bit. And all in all, it was a fun ride. Then we went on uh, the old-school bumper cars, because when you're with someone that's not 16, you know, they love to drive. Uh, so we went on the bumper cars, which was fun. And we all had a laugh at that. And also Scooter was, oh, just so people know, Scooter wasn't drinking soda at this point. Uh, so you say, well, how many sodas did Scooter have? Well, he knew he was going to be on TV later this week, so he was not having any soda. Because uh, he was, you know, trying to look his best. Uh, he says soda doesn't help him look his best. Uh, so we went to that one. Oh, they had good beach mu music. Oh, was that uh, after Voyage? Oh, just the area had good beach mu mu music. Uh, then we walked over to a part of the park after the bumper cars uh, called Fiesta Village. I think we checked the my, the log ride line again. It was very long. Oh, on the way to Fiesta Village, it's, 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 we went on Supreme... Uh, shout is called, uh, and that's a tower ride, a fast elevator ride. And Scooter said he loved that ride. So did his daughter. Great view. Uh, went up and down, a lot of wheeze, a lot of laughing. Uh, they enjoyed that. Then we had lunch, uh, which we did have some Mexican f food, which, uh, you know, in a theme park uh, in Southern California, you, you feel less uh, strange you know, if you're not in California and you're ordering that kind of food, you're going to be, it's just we have a, like a lot better quality, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, but a theme park in Southern California, you say, well, this might be a good bet, but it was not, it was only okay, the food we had. Then we went on another coaster with a little bit of a line called the Jaguar, which was cool because it was inside a temple. Like, uh, so it had a little bit of theming. It was a fun little coaster. Let's just see what we can find out about it. Uh, I don't know. There's not really anything about it here. It's a minimum height, 48 inches. And all in all, it was fun. It, it was fun, uh, it, but it wasn't mind-blowing or anything. Then we went on a ride called, uh, what was that next one called? Silver, Silver, fun, Silver Racer or something. Which I guess was still in the same section of the park. Was that 14? No, that's a balloon race, Ray. Uh, what about 13? Uh, 13? Um, I'm looking, Ray. Uh, that's a Grand Sierra. Oh, we do. I wish we would have gone on the railroad, the uh, Calico Railroad. Also, they have a stagecoach ride. But anyway, we went on another ride, a roller coaster uh, called like Silver Something. And uh, that one, I don't know why I can't find it, uh, but it was, uh, Scooter did not like it. He said it was a little too extreme for his tastes. And uh, he he said it gave, you know, gave him the dizzies or something. And plus he was worried, yeah, Silver something. But the, uh, everyone else loved the ride. Uh, you know, it, it, was a, it was a good ride. Uh, then I thought we went on one more ride here. Uh, but maybe we went on that one at nighttime. I guess the next one we went on was at nighttime. 
Yeah, so then Scooter had to leave for work after that ride. So Scooter went and worked, and then we had a... Another plan, which was uh, to go to the water park, but it wasn't warm. So this was a long kind of debate uh, to take a break or to go to the water park while Scooter worked. And it ended up that Scooter worked and then uh, we, we ended up taking a break and then we all went to the water park. And it took us forever to find out how to get in there because they have their own water park, uh, which is a separate entrance. But with our tickets, we could go on both. And this was mostly guided by the young one who said, yeah, let's do this. Why wouldn't you? And we were like, well, it's not 90 degrees, you know. Oh, how are we going to go on these rides? Uh, We'll be cold. And she said, well, you'll be fine. It'll be fun. So she had to kind of cheerlead us into doing it. And we were full of doubt, uh, which now I'm a little bit embarrassed about. Uh, Yeah, but we went and changed and... uh, went over there, and it was only going to be open for a few more hours, so maybe an hour or two. And because it wasn't sunny, and it was kind of like 70, 75 degrees, there was no one there. And that really worked in our favor, because we were able to do every single ride, more or less. We went on a family tube ride, where you all sit in a big tube together, or whatever, raft. Uh, Then we went on, like, those things where you sit on a you lie down and you all race each other down a sled, race sleds. Uh, then we went on a tubing ride that had an amazing uh, thing. Then we went on these, uh, I guess they call them like, a, it's a water slide, but where you stand in something and then you just go out of it with a chute. And Scooter started to talk about this idea of like uh that the rides have so many contraptions and like how much of that is like, uh, you wondering like this can't possibly, he says, right, this is a sleep podcast. But so you, those were so fun though. Holy moly. I mean, I thought you couldn't do anything new with the inbox since that a crushing gusha, but these were very fun. And because there was no line, we were able to go on them a bunch of times. Oh, speed tubes. That's what scooter called them. Uh, but you're not on a tube, you're, on, you're sliding on your bottom. Uh, then we went on, uh, there was three more tube rides, two of which, all three of them were inside, oh no, uh, you're on a tube, in a tube, and you're in a tube. And those were called uh, Cyclone, Tornado, and Typhoon. And we went on all three of those, those were very fun. Uh, then we went over to, so that was like, well, then there was the wave pool. Only the little one went in there because we were like, well, we're not going to swim, which she kind of tisk tisked us about. Then we went on the last section of the park, which we went on a few more tube rides in a few more fast slides. And again, this was the only way to do it, to be honest, because if we would have had to wait in line for any of these rides, it would have been, uh, Ray would have been a tough customer. Uh, then we, uh, everyone, we had to split up because everyone had to change, uh, but Scooter did not because he went from working uh, to the theme park, uh, to the water park. So he, I mean, he had to change clothes with him. So Scooter went and got, this was the next pro tip. If you're not, if you don't have reservations for Mrs. Knott's chicken dinner, they do have a takeout and the takeout does come with a meal. It doesn't come with all the pieces. But it does come with potatoes, uh, biscuits, and a vegetable, along with two or three pieces of chicken, a four. And so while we were changing, Scooter had, like, his lunch dinner there. And I believe he ate three or four pieces of chicken and biscuits and all that. Uh, and I said, well, we'll see how that does with your television. And he said, well, Ray, it just makes me feel good. It's, a, it, it, it's this delicious chicken. And then that ended up being Scooter's dinner. And then later we also ate there for dinner, not Scooter. And then we also bought a pie so that we could have pie for dessert and then for breakfast the next day. Then we went back to the parks. And let's see what we rode at the park. Uh, uh, Let's see. Tube, other slides, chicken, team sidewinder. Oh, so we just went on a few rides when we went back because it was pretty busy. It was getting late. Yeah, so we went on a ride, Team Sidewinder, which was a kind of roller spinning ride. 
which it was it was fun. It was a fun ride. Then we went on Montezuma's Revenge. They call it. I don't again. Ray does not name these rides. Oh boy. And that was a fun ride. Uh, it was uh, the the like uh, it just goes forward and backwards. It's like a loop de coaster. It loops both ways. Uh, but he says, like Scooter said, that was fun. Then we went on the silver ride again, yeah, because uh, so the little one she she enjoyed it so much, and that was it. And that was fun too. I mean, so and then we went back. We uh, packed up the car, and then we drove all the way to L.A. that evening again because Scooter had to work the next day. So you know, Scooter was very much in work mode, but he was also in you know give Ray and uh, his daughter attention time. You don't know. He's been getting better and better at this, like, uh, positive boundaries uh, compartmentalization. And so I just say, Scoot, good job. Like, you say, okay, well, I'm going to go to the car and work and take these calls. You guys have fun. I'm done with my calls. I'm going to have fun now. Oh, we got to leave so I can have a couple hours to do this before I go to bed. So I, I don't know. I'm learning from him, actually, sometimes. Uh, so that's it from your friend Ray. I hope you're comfortable and, uh, you know, I hope you've been enjoying this trip. Uh, good night.